Good morning, everybody. This is Andrei Kolodinsky. Welcome to Salvage Secrets Podcast. And today is a special day because this is episode number 10. Woohoo! I never thought I would make it this far, but somehow I did. And I'm really proud of myself. <laughs> this is kind of cool. So, thank you guys for hanging around with me. I appreciate that. And today, I'm feeling kind of nostalgic, so I figured let me talk about the history of Eurotech and how it all began and how I got into car business. Um, So, like I mentioned on previous episodes, uh, I came from Belarus back in 2003. Belarus is a small country in Eastern Europe. It borders with Russia and Ukraine. So, at at that time, I I was a student in college in Belarus and I was actually studying computer information systems. So I was supposed to become like a, a computer guy. And I was doing pretty well. I was, you know, I, I was a good student and uh, I'm pre- I, I guess I'm pretty smart. So, I mean, this I, I really was good at, at programming, you know, math and all that stuff. And I just came to the States uh, be- kind of because of my girlfriend back at the time. Now she's my wife, Olga. Uh, but back in the day she was my girlfriend and one of her friends actually went to, to the States for a couple of months before and, and she came back and she was so happy. She said, oh, I made a bunch of money. I met a lot of cool people. She was like super happy. So Olga decided uh, that she wanted to go to the States too. And I kind of, um, I couldn't let her go by herself. So I, I said, all right, so I'm going too then. <laughs> And so it was not my idea, and I, I would—I never even thought about coming to to America and things like that. And I, I just had a couple of years to finish in college, and my life was on track; everything was cool. So, and then this opportunity came along to come to the states for a couple of months to work and travel. That was the name of the program, Work and Travel USA. So we came to New York City, uh, and we quickly realized that everything was not as as easy as we thought you know it was it was a problem to find a job you know we didn't speak english uh it was so much competition for those like low low level low paying jobs um so you know, the first couple months we were like really struggling uh just to to make ends meet you know we just had no money uh, and sometimes we didn't even have money to to buy food you know it was like pretty bad so um I took any job I could find. I worked at a car wash for a while. I I, I was like a waiter, not a waiter, like a, more like a busboy at a Italian restaurant. Then I they made me a pizza guy. They they teach me how to make pizza. So I worked worked as a pizza guy for a while, and then I I kind of stumbled uh, upon like an opportunity to sell pictures of of New York City to tourists on Times Square which I mentioned on one of the previous episodes and this was kind of my like my uh, breakthrough job you know where I, I was finally able to like make some money you know because uh, it was like a really really well-paying job and uh, that was my first like really I, I could say like successful job which actually helped me to um, not only to make some money to feel more a little bit more comfortable but also to learn the language and you know to start communicating with people uh, hone my like improve my uh, sales skills you know 
And also that's that's how I met Bruno, the guy who actually um, helped me to get into car business later on. So all this didn't happen overnight, obviously. So um, we were supposed to go back to Belarus like three months, about three months after we came back in 2003, but we couldn't do that because we didn't we didn't make enough money to pay back our parents who like lent us a lot of money for this program to come to the states i think it was like something around like 24 2500 dollars which was like crazy money for belarus average salary there is like around like 400 bucks a month 300 bucks a month something like that or even probably even less i think um so we just we decided to stay for a little longer so we can at least make some money to pay back our parents and then come back. But I de definitely wanted to come back because, you know, I figured uh, over there I had like a couple years to finish the college and I would get a degree, I would get a job, you know. And here I didn't see my future. I didn't see like what, what can I, like, I didn't see my future here in, in the States. But then... You know, a couple months turned into a couple more months, and then a few months turned into a year, and then we just kind of like we realized that we actually really like uh, this country and we like New York City. It's like an amazing place to be at. We were like in our twenties, uh, so I was making some money. Life was great, so we just ended up staying, and uh, you know, we got eventually we got our you know our green cards and we became like permanent residents and at first uh, my parents obviously freaked out like when, when I when we told them like oh we, we we're actually thinking about staying here they were like why are you crazy you have like two years to finish in school what are you doing you have to come back and uh, don't be stupid but then after a while they kind of got used to the idea and they and they actually started encouraging us to stay here <laughs> and then sometime sometime later my brother came also he won like a green card lottery so he came and and life became even a little bit easier because now i had my brother here so yeah that was the beginning of my journey and uh, now looking back um, it's kind of cool to think about my life and like my journey and all the things that happened uh, it was actually amazing and I'm so glad it turned out this way because I remember even back in college, I was sitting in my dorm in Belarus and I would I was thinking, I, I, would, I was dreaming about like traveling the world, like seeing new people. I, I couldn't imagine myself just being stuck at the one place, you know, like going to work and like living like a, a normal lifestyle. I was always dreaming about traveling and meeting new people, seeing new places, experiencing new things. And my dream came came true you know i'm so glad i i we did that uh made that decision to come to the states and even even though it was really tough and it's still tough but i think that was the right thing to do and uh when i when i came here and like started looking for jobs started working i quickly realized that um i didn't i i really didn't like to work for somebody else you know it's just you know, it was not my thing, you know, I, like I said, I, I got, it pissed me off that I had to, like, uh, I, I couldn't do what I wanted to do, like, if I if I didn't want to, I, I, I couldn't come to work, I still had to come to work, you know, I had people, like, 
telling me what to do and uh, I just didn't like this feeling so I kind of knew that I wanted to do my own thing and um, that's what I've been doing for the most part since even ever since I came to the States so first I was selling pictures then I, I, I hired some people they were like working for me kind of selling pictures and um, then I ended up getting into car business through my friend Bruno like I said and uh, then I met a guy uh, his name was Yarek like I mentioned before or Jerry is American name <laughs> and uh, we started uh, we started this little business together selling buying and selling salvage cars this was back in 2007 2008 and at first we didn't have much money so we ended up like renting a small yard in Brooklyn where we just park cars uh, it fit about like 10 or 12 cars and but well, we started with one two and then we slowly added more and after work because Jerry used to work at a shop in Brooklyn as a mechanic and after work he, he, he used to come and work on our cars like in the yard basically there were no no lifts no no shop you know so he was like working on his knees kind of like fixing these cars trying to like change suspensions change you know like things so it was it was really tough but Jerry was a great mechanic he was he knew what he was doing he was like really really good he could fix any electrical issue like the guy was like really amazing so we we fixed these cars pretty quickly we put them up for sale we sold them made some money so things were doing well and we ended we, we decided to open like a real shop together so Jerry would quit his job and uh that's what we that's what we did we ended up getting a place in Long Island um, it didn't really have a lift or anything like that but at least it had like a building where you can park a car inside and work on it and and you could park car you know some cars outside so it was definitely better than what we had so we ended up getting the place and started working but pretty soon uh, I realized that something weird was going on like uh, let's say I, I was let's say I used to come to the shop let's say around noon and I would notice Jerry Jerry supposed to, who's supposed to be working on cars he looked like he just got out of bed you know was like barely moving and I was like puzzled like what's going on you know and um, I noticed also uh, he always you know even though he, he got he got uh, paid really well because we were selling cars making money and but in, in a couple days after he got paid he he was broke again he was like borrowing money like hey Andre can you you know can, can I borrow a couple hundred bucks I'll give it to you like um, in a couple days when I get paid and he didn't have family or anything like that and you know I was just wondering like and he didn't go out like party or anything like that so I was wondering what the hell like how does he spend this kind of money and um, eventually long story short we we realized that Jerry had problems with drugs apparently he he was like a heroin user for like 15 years and uh, he had told me earlier that he you know he was clean so it was in the past but apparently it was not he was still using you know, I noticed some weird people calling him. Like, and if just if all these all these things just came together, and um, 
we reali I realized that uh, we had a problem. So we had a conversation with Jerry, basically me and my wife, she was also like involved in this and uh, she, we had a conversation and, we, and I told him, listen Jerry, you know, obviously we can't, you know, I can't do business with uh, with with you if you like use drugs, you know, and it's just it's not gonna happen. So it's you, you, you either you have to stop stop doing it or we just close down the shop and like move on with our lives. And you know, and Jerry basically, you know, he admitted that yeah he did have a, a problem with drugs and he, he tried to quit many times, but he just couldn't do it on his own because he you know he had nobody no family, nobody to support him, and it's like pretty much impossible to do by yourself. And, you know, he said like, listen, Andre, you know, I'm, I'm ready to do it, I'm ready to quit, but I need some help. And that was like one of the toughest decisions in my life. Because um, obviously I didn't know anything about it at the time, I didn't know anything about drugs, like, you know, and I didn't want to get involved in this, I, I didn't know what to do, you know. Uh, but you know, I I decided that I had I, I just had to give it a shot. And, you know, I had to help the guy because he was like really desperate and like looking for help. So um, me and my wife my wife decided that you know we we at least we'll try and see what happens. Uh, so basically, we all agreed that we're gonna do it. And uh, basically, what we did was. Uh, Jerry was kind of living in the in the shop back then. Like like I said, there was a building with like two floor two stories, and the first first floor was like the sh the shop or like the where you could work, and the second floor was kind of like an office space, and we just put a mattress there so Jerry can sleep sleep there, and uh, we we kind of like you know, locked him up in the shop. Not really like locked him up, but we I took I took like his keys from his car, all the money. And every day, me and my wife uh, used to come and see him, bring some food and hang out with him uh, in the shop, sitting there talking, listening to music. And it was tough, man. It, the whole process took probably a month. All this time, he felt terrible. He couldn't sleep. Uh, he slept like randomly, like an hour, two hours a night maybe. and. Uh, it felt really, really bad and weak, and uh, but we kept going, because and Jerry was determined to do it. And thank God, you know, after like about a month, he felt he, f he started feeling better. And and the first thing he did was he started going to Narcotics Anonymous meetings, which really I think made his recovery possible. And uh, he's been clean for seven years now. Wow, that's time flies he's still clean and now actually he lives in Peru which is a crazy story for another day but uh, his life completely transformed and it was one of the most amazing experiences um, to see somebody like Jerry a great guy who was like an amazing amazing technician like really smart guy really really great guy and he was just crippled by this addiction and it was so amazing to see his transformation when he got clean and like his life completely changed you know he started socializing meeting new people new friends 
and eventually he met uh, an awesome girl from Peru and they ended up actually marrying and moving to Peru. This happened about a year ago and <laughs> as crazy as it sounds, a Polish guy uh, marrying a Peruvian girl and uh, moving to Peru with, with no Spanish and it's just amazing, you know, now he lives in Cusco and Lima in Peru and we actually, me and my wife and my daughter went for their wedding, which was an amazing experience. So life is a cra crazy thing, you never know what's going to happen and sometimes I'm thinking about it and I'm just so grateful I had all these experiences but uh, the only thing that actually led me to experience all this is, is taking action. You know, it's just taking these chances, taking opportunities, you know, like even even when you're not sure, when, you, when you're when in doubt, just just do it, man. Just, just take a chance, just give it a shot and amazing things happen. That's what I learned. Um, so right now um, we have three people working at Eurotech, including myself. It's uh, me, uh, Mr. Henry whose nickname is Senor Malo, which means Mr. Bad in Spanish. <laughs> He's actually a really, really great guy, but that's why we call him Mr. Mr. Malo, just as a joke. And he, uh, he, he's an awesome guy, has his own issues, just like every one of us. Uh, and also we have Vadim, who is helping me with operations. Also a great guy from Ukraine just joined our team about a few weeks ago so I'm pretty pumped up and what we're trying to do as you probably already know is we're trying to raise awareness about salvage cars and rebuild cars and how people can save thousands and thousands of dollars on a car and you know stop going to dealerships that trying to rip you off stop leasing cars because it's just a waste of money and it's it's actually so easy, uh, you know, when you know when you know about it. It's just amazing to me why more people are not doing it. So we're kind of trying to raise awareness about this, and we've sold hundreds, hundreds of salvage cars over the years, and have a lot of happy happy customers. I hope you're gonna become one of them soon, <laughs> and spend all the money you save on something that really matters to you, like a family vacation or just you know buying something that you really need or spending it on education or giving it to a family member or just something that matters to you so the purpose of, of this podcast and our youtube channel salvage secrets and an instagram account a salvage place is actually to show you guys what we're doing our operations um, and basically gain your trust see so you can see that we're different that most or 99% of other car dealers we do things differently we don't uh, trick our customers we don't hide things we're really 100% transparent we show you show you what we do uh, where we get uh, salvage cars how we fix them and how you can do the same and save thousands of dollars so subscribe you know I'll be really happy if you become one of the listeners of my podcast or subscribe to our youtube channel salvage secrets follow us on instagram at salvage place and just be a part of our journey you know <laughs> share your thoughts share your comments i'll really appreciate that 
So I'm going to wrap this up because it's probably the longest podcast I've, I've done um, already. So thank you guys for listening. It was, it was fun. Now you know kind of the, the beginning of Eurotech. And I can't wait to share more cool stuff with you on later episodes. So take care and I'll, I will talk to you soon. Bye.